You know what time it is This is the Kevin Sutton Show All action all the time on ESPN And we are doing something a little bit special today A little bit a little bit crazy But before we get into all the nonsense about the wrestling world Which you know we like to dig in Because my man Phil is all about that I like digging He likes digging We're going to go ahead <laughs> And talk a little bit about football See I gave respect I said football Food Today in the studios, I got my girl Myra with the lady's point of view. Hey. Now, Myra, I told you before. No. No, I, told, I protest. I told you before. Look, people are already talking. What are they I'm saying? I'm the commissioner. That kind of music. I need I need. Yeah, but he's going to be here this week. Who's he? Pitt? Yeah. Okay, but it's the song. No. No. Kevin? No. I have no problem with it. I have a problem with it. I think it's very appropriate. You know when, when do I hang out you? at the motel? When they introduce you <laughs> at the Board of County Commission, I think this is how they should do it. This is a good beat, though. Come on, Myra. It's a good beat. The words. Well, that's why I cut it. I cut out the parts that I, I could cut out. It says still meet me at the motel. Hey, Forget about your boyfriend. How do you think you got them votes? <laughs> That, that, sound, okay, that okay, sounds okay. actually uh, correct. <laughs> Are you yeah. kidding? Okay, has can you tell me this? Has this never happened? Hey there, you really have some nice legs. No. You Randy Newman from it Toy a, Story? It was an old guy. We were you at, got we're a at, friend at, in we're me. We're at, at an event, and he says, you got some really nice legs. You got a friend That was like 20 pretty, years ago. I've been a boot pretty, for two years now. Pre- well, You're actually, really a year. Nice. It's, it's going to be a year. not twenty years. You ran ten years ago. So so wait till that boot comes ago. off. Just wait. Chicken legs. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh. Yeah, he, yeah. He said, "Hey, you got nice legs. Is it plastic or is it <laughs> is it wood?" Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Oh. But anyways, we do need to pick something a little bit more appropriate, a little All bit right. more positive. Uh, okay. I, well, I didn't know if you wanted the presidential theme. That was kind of that was kind of no, cheesy. No. All right. No. So before we get out of here, you got to pick something else. Okay. Because I, I got to upload it I in the system. I do like you know and, DJ Kali, my original. But but we use that as one of the the rejoins. Yeah, yeah. And we're about to use it again this year. Yeah, when Golden State takes things home. But anyways, we'll, we'll get to that some yeah. other time. You're not. Are you putting your bet on Toronto? Heck no. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was going to say. All right. Anyways, hey, it's great to be on. I know I missed you guys last week. We had, had such a fun sh- we had a such a fun show. We we reviewed the entire MCU I with heard. Chris Crespo. Yes. A 2-hour show. 
Kevin yeah. had a blast. Kevin's not good with names. We all know that. So yeah. he it was lost. That guy. He lost it at, at, at trivia, but it's all good. It's it, it, Phil is useless. It's typical. How am I useless? I won. It's like you don't even like me. I love you. You don't even like me. Like, I love you. What are you talking I, I'm about? I'm setting up a trivia for you the next time, and we're gonna do a remember a whole, faces yeah we're gonna do a whole we're gonna do a whole setup where we we listen to some information about action sports and then we're gonna go and do it in I, a I, trivia yes can we do that please and i guarantee you i'll still get him right over you no you won't <laughs> and kevin's you in won't. grumpy old mode you want to bet you want to bet a crisp dollar i'll bet you a crisp two dollar bill you got a two dollar bill that there's no who's way on a two dollar bill i have one there's and no Kevin way just saw it. <laughs> So that's why no way about. in hell. Who's on, a, Chris. who's on a two dollar bill? President. <laughs> I can't even remember. Is it right even now. a president? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember right this minute. I can't remember. But, but the I can thing find is out. That in this situation is that that's the stuff that I'm passionate about. When you're yes. passionate about something, the words stick in your head. Like I'm passionate when about soccer. When you're not soccer. passionate about something, it is impossible. Do you know the world of like Marvel and Star World, Star Wars, Star World, and uh, was it uh, was the other what <laughs> Star was Trek? Other, no, Star Trek, Lord of the, the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, all of these things they ha- they make up their own freaking words. It's not even real human. You know words. what's funny? It's not they, even in the dictionary. They, they literally do make up their own words. So now you want me to remember American language, but and Kevin, then you want me to remember. But, but Kevin, do you do you remember in Infinity War, he was talking. Thor was talking. He meets the Guardians the very first time. Yes. Thomas Jefferson and is they, on the two. Yeah, there you go. Thomas and they say He's got the the, side, the mega, mega sideburn. And they say that oh, we need to go to Nidavellir. Nidavellir. And he and 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 uh, Batista's like that's a made up word. Yeah. And then Thor's like all words are made up. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And then like uh, what is it? It's vibranium. Was yes. was what that his was, hammer's made out of? Yes, and I have no the clue. What the, the, the the shield, yeah, the shield is made out of vibranium, and mm. I'm like titanium, and they're like, nope, wrong. I'm you, like, you got to um. I'm like, there's no. <laughs> I'm giving you all the real matters of strong materials in the world, and they come up with b- vibranium. Mm. Wow, <laughs> I'm still tough. pissed off about it. I, I I really am. I really am. That's okay. Well, today we got a a, a lot. Uh, going on today it's not wrestling wednesday but it is a, a wrestling day uh this marks the 20 year anniversary i don't even want to say anniversary because it's a tragic event but the 20th um 20 year passing of own heart um from the wwf and we have a very special interview with john pollock from post wrestling and um it'll be it'll be a fantastic interview because he did a documentary on his website about Owen Hart's final day, and there's a lot of information that was told that we, uh, that I, especially me, did not know. So we will get into that. And uh, Kevin, myself, and Myra, we are also going to be having a little watch along. So that this is going to be a treat for you guys that are uh, downloading our podcast. We're going to be uh, watching the. Uh, actually, I'll save it. I'll save that. I want. And I'm then not I have big tell news. You. I have huge. Yes, we're getting. News. We're actually going to be getting into that right. Now, so Myra, you know, you, we all know that you are the Orlando, well, not Orlando, Orange County uh, City, uh, Orange County Commissioner, District Correct. Three. I had to say it right. I wasn't gonna make. I wasn't gonna say you're the you're the OBT Commissioner. You're the City Princess, <laughs> County Princess. County you're, you're, you're I got the, called a Queen recently. Oh, you did. Yes. Does that mean because you're a diva? No, no, that's not no, a good title. No, diva is really not a good title. No, Queen is like someone who knows what they're talking about. Like I'm the Queen. Authority. Yeah, but yeah, Mar, you have some huge news. Then now, now this you, this news will impact Orlando forever. 
It will. It will. And what's so great is you don't understand. I've been working on this for like five months and it has been so hard to keep close to the vest because I didn't want it to fall apart. I wanted to make sure it went through. And last Thursday, I was so blessed to be the only elected official standing with officials from Barcelona, Spain, Mm. as they came in and announced the 50th Barcelona Youth Soccer Club in the world here in Orlando in Orange County and actually specifically my district. Wow. Yeah. So it was so awesome. Um, We had the press conference at the Amway Arena, which was huge. When I walked in, they staged. So you're... It was at the Amway? Yeah. Yeah, like, it was at the Amway. Next of their to private your picture? Rooms. Next to her picture? Yeah, next, to her picture. <laughs> next to my picture. <laughs> and uh, there's these huge pictures of their top players. Yeah, yeah, Leo yeah. Messi and things like that. Wow. And it was really amazing. And they said, you know, we want you to invite six kids in your community to come out to take pictures because they put them all in the Barcelona yeah, yeah. shirts. And the, and the Barcelona jersey is iconic. Even I know what yeah, that yeah, jersey yeah, looks yeah. like. Everybody knows. And I got my own personalized barcelona jersey oh yeah that says barcas academy orlando 2019 that they made for me that's that's incredible and you know they bought a large they thought it was big <laughs> yeah i don't even I, think I, I, if they yeah. brought you a, a triple x <laughs> then that'd have been like oh but this was but anyways let me so let me walk you guys through it so we made this announcement um mm-hmm. directly with all the media so all yeah, the channels yeah, yeah. were there there was international press there the sentinel was there everybody was there and we discussed like why they picked Orlando and why they worked with me and how I worked with them. And this is really, there's only nine academies in the U.S. Only nine. Yeah, the so entire the 41 are in around the world, like in Spain and France. Yeah. Okay, so when, when, when you say 50, they mean the in the entire world. world. Jeez. Yes. And what was um and so here I was a little nervous because I was the only woman there in this press conference, but I handled myself and, yeah, they, and they let me lead. They they had me kick it off and really? start it off. Yeah, so I did, and then I answered questions from the press. I will say it was really strange. I'm like, and I know she's been working on this, and I, I'm not a secret keeper. Um, I like to talk, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but especially when it's something cool, right? Myra, so, what, did, what did you kick it off with? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Amway Arena. Oh, I need to, I need to remember. Br- 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 <laughs> Introducing the all new Bacchus Myra Yuri, Commissioner. And they go down a red carpet, and there was like six guys that were like tall with blue eyes and great hair. And I knew Kevin was going to say something. And they were like, yeah. I'm like, hold on, man. That's my wife, dog. And they're like, yeah, you can sit to the back, bro. He's like, you got nice legs. Nice <laughs> legs. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. Actually, all guy, the women were eyes. like, whoa, those are some good looking men. I was like. All in GQ suits. And, they were you know in GQ I'm suits. Like, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? this thing, man? And tall. They were really tall. Very tall. tall. One of them was taller than Kevin. Hey, remember the Argentina basketball team was pretty cool. Yeah. So I did get to walk in. So here, imagine this. So they start the press conference and they're like, Commissioner, you go first. So I'm walking down the red carpet and we go to the front and we sit up on the chairs and I get my own mic. Yeah. And, yeah. and they introduce him. But they start with me. We have. Orange County Commissioner Myrie Reby first, and they go through these guys. And, and these they guys. all thanked her first. Yeah. Aww. I just want to say that without Myrie Uribe, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yes, without Myrie here for us, we would be nothing. <laughs> Is it like that? 
And she, she's laughing, Mara, but that's she's literally what she, they she's said. She's an NG. <laughs> yeah. That's uh-huh. literally what they said. And I, I mean, since I've known Myra, she's always like love soccer. Yeah. And she's always love, or sorry, football. Football. And, football. and then she, she's always had this passion. And like in her, in, in the closet we have, uh, you know, Skeletons. stuff <laughs> from, you know, <laughs> in the, you know, creeping out the closet. But like she has this chest of like stuff over the years that she's collected. And there is plenty of stuff for Argentina soccer and our jerseys. football. There's jerseys. There's classic jersey, clippings. New Jersey. Uh, yeah. It's just like seeing that opportunity um, for her to get to be in that situation. I know her family was really proud of that's, everything. That is, and one, and one awesome. reporter says, "So you're being from Colombia?" And, and I said, "Excuse me, I'm half Argentinian." Mm. I cleared him. You saw that? Yeah, I cleared him funny. up and they everyone laughed. He 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 because Leo Messi sitting behind me. But I think the most pivotal wow. part of it was Wait, you just said that like that was nothing. No, so, no, no, not it the was real a giant, Messi. Life size oh. like Leo Messi. Yeah, huge. Yeah, are you oh, kidding? Okay. It was a huge backdrop. If but Leo they're Messi come, though. Yeah, they're going to come. And I asked, you know, those guys they said to us, "What can we do for you?" I said, "Listen, all I want is when the Barcelona professional team comes to Miami for a game." I want to go to the game and I want to meet Leo Messi. And they said, done. And they actually said, well, if you go to Barcelona, we'll make that happen. But I'm not going to Barcelona. Why not? Who you going to pay for? They will. No, no. <laughs> it feels like and it would will. be, it would be inappropriate Taxpayers. too. No, definitely not. <laughs> Orange County. Definitely not. No, that would that's be a the best way to do it. If you ask my pocket. <laughs> no, that oh, Maya, that, that's really awesome. So uh, one of the things that it says here, it says, um, they're going to be had. They're going to have a. Uh, they're going to open it June eighth. Yep, that's the tryouts. Like, the get tryouts. This out. Not everyone can go. It's not like you can just write a check and go. You've got to have okay. some skills. Some skills. You've got to okay. have some skills. And the great thing is, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Secondly, is I made sure that they offered scholarships for kids who couldn't afford it. Oh, that's so, so if great. you try out and you've got the talent, they're wow, going to take you. Myra. And that was one of the. That was the only thing I really asked for because I couldn't. I couldn't stop them. They're going to come here. Whether mm-hmm. they want, whether I wanted them or not. Yeah, yeah. So I look at it like this. When they were interested, I embraced it. Mm-hmm. I worked with them and I said, I want you to do it in my district. And then I said, the only thing I ask for you is make sure you offer scholarships for kids. So wh- where is the field and stuff going to be? Well, right now we're going to practice at a Tinsdale, which is in Osceola and mm-hmm. Boone High School. Okay. But eventually a park, a multi-sports complex park that I'm building in my district will be mm-hmm. done a year from now and we'll right. be running it from there full time. Wow. Yeah, so this is huge. This is this can, is can they can, okay? So you know how they have the the, the super uh, what do you call it, landscapers? How yeah. they make everything super nice? Yeah. Can they put a graphic of your face in the center of the the center of the what would you the the pitch? Is that what you call it? The pitch? Can I guess. You do in the, in the, the center no, of the soccer field. They won't do that. But you why know, not? No, but some some really cool things about Barcelona that I really have to bring up because being a part of this and learning is not only they teach you skills, they teach you character. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they're so proud of is all of their players have really great character. They don't get in trouble. They are very smart financially. They don't like what we say a lot in American sports with the NFL. Yeah, NBA. yeah, yeah. That's one thing that Barcelona is very strict on. You have to represent. It's almost like being in the military. You're expected to represent and be a part of the brand. And they keep that at the utmost level. But really, Barcelona is one of the top professional soccer leagues. And the fact that Leo Messi plays there. That just tells you everything. So it's an honor for me. I can't wait to um, these things start rolling and we start seeing these kids. But one last point that was so amazing. 
we had these six kids come up and we had the kids come up. They put them in the uniforms. They gave them soccer balls. Yeah. And this little boy comes up and he literally gives Leo Messi a kiss like on the wall. And it broke my heart. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, that was my gosh. Awesome. That's that, that's yeah. that's giving me like, you know, chills. That is really cool. So I'm so excited. I'm happy to be a part of it. And uh, can't wait to uh, see this thing fold down and go to some of the games. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. International, you guys. We're international. Yeah. ESPN International. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. We're going to go to commercial break. Bust you right in the face when we come back, man. Because that's what we do, dog. And we're going to get into that wrestling thing. Owen. Our family. Winning at pretty much everything except sports radio. Winning. 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 You're listening to the Kevin Sutton Show on ESPN 580 Orlando. my theme song because y'all are losers is nba time <laughs> so mean why are you yeah. so mean hey hey it is what it is golden state doing it again oh yeah it's all a ripoff it's all a ripoff what do you mean it's called talent baby talent dude and they're doing it without draymond green yeah yeah but, you know, can you imagine when the Magic thought they could beat Golden State? I love the Magic, except when they play Golden State. There's no thought. There's no thought. No, no, no. Please. No Kevin Durant. And Steph Curry played a total of 13 minutes the whole game. We're, we're doing not, this again? We're not, we're not talking about facts. We're, we're just talking about we're the doing facts. This again? Did we beat Golden State? Yes, no. no Magic. You, you didn't. Orlando Magic. Hold on. You beat didn't Golden beat State. champion Golden State. You beat leftovers. We might as well hang out Golden State. That's what you guys did. Or whatever. Yeah. So it's all right. Anyhow. It's all right. Anyhow. It, it was so funny, Phil. That day, the whole all the fans of Magic were like, yeah, yeah, we're going. But get I wasn't playoffs. real excited. I wasn't like super excited. You got I out thought, of your seat, man. No, I was. There were a few I was, times Kevin lifts his butt out of a chair. Normally, I was saying it's to I was to the excited bathroom. that we <laughs> we were because everywhere else he takes forever. But at that game, he jumped up like he was a cheerleader. I'm I was sorry. excited that we were doing good, even in. With them missing some of the key players, it was still a connected team of somewhat. And it we could have still got whooped. We could have still got whooped. Come on now. They didn't want to do that to you at home. Luckily, we didn't get whooped. And we actually came out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought They're that was delusional. good. The this last is... time my man LeBron James came to Orlando and, and whooped up on my team, I felt bad, but I was happy and sad all at the same time. I don't but, like that we feeling. We really got whipped that day. I don't LeBron. like that feeling. You know what I mean? That's not cool. Can't do that. I'm sorry. The Golden State Warriors, it's going to be a while before any team can step up to that level and place with them. I'm sorry. Look what happened on the West Side. <laughs> Oklahoma. It was a sweep. You know, and we were watching the press conference. You mean, you, not Oklahoma. It was Portland, uh, Portland. Portland, Oregon. Excuse me. Portland. It was, whew, it was like, whew, well, you know. You I'm going to do something, guys. You're, you're betting on Toronto. Introducing the guru of guessing. It's coming. 
the Sultan of Suggestion. Hold on for it. Mm -hmm. The Prince of Predictions. Delusional. Phil Stradamus. All right, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I, I told Kevin through this on Facebook. This is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's going to leave Golden State, and he's going to go to the Knicks. You think so? Yes. It, it, it's been talked about it a lot. It has been talked about. It has. And I think sometimes if you speak things in existence, because I, wa- I did say, I do recall, when he left um, the Oklahoma. last time, when he left Oklahoma, and I thought... I wa- watched the gut-wrenching store, backline story on what he did for the town and how everyone loved him. And it was like, there's no way that he could. And I was like, you know what? That might just be a good I don't think so. I think leave. we all sat around, what was that, two years ago? Yeah. And we said, there's no way. Remember? We all collectively said, said no way. Said no way. Yeah, even you did, hard. Kevin. Even, I'm just saying, even, it was like uh, when you watched it. Kevin, it was just like, he was, he, but you know, What's his name? Nick? Did it to us? No, no, no. Dwight Howard did that to Orlando. Everyone said, "No way, he is Orlando," and we but said, "Look what look what happened with Miami Heat with uh, Dwayne Wayne." Like it, it's it. There's there's this whole thing that they said that the new era of basketball players do not have that longevity love for their team. Loyalty. They don't have that that whole passion, that loyalty where they're like, I'm down for this team. Look at LeBron. Look, 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 at, look, look, what was look. it? Nick Anderson. Like, he didn't go nowhere. LeBron. How many flip-flops does he have? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> Like goodness. five pair? Yeah. I'm at Cleveland. I hate Cleveland. I'm back to Cleveland. I hate Cleveland again. I mean, come on. Come I, don't on. Th- I don't think Steph Curry would ever leave Golden State. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Just kind of like Wade never left Miami. He did. Oh, yeah. Well, but he his longevity was yeah, yeah. was in Miami. I mean, he he's more known I just for think Miami. He, do you think he left more because he knew the team didn't have the money to keep him there? Yes, I think it was more like help you guys out. Retiring? Well, no, he wanted to help LeBron try and get another ring. That's what yeah. he wanted to do. Oh well, yeah, yeah temporarily. I think he yeah. had to be there though. What had to be where in Cleveland? I think no. I think the Dwayne Wade needed to be there for LeBron James to win another ring. So but he, he didn't was, know. So he's like, I'm leaving. It didn't work. You're, yeah. No, so Wait. he he left midseason because LeBron had like a meltdown and he fired all the team. Remember halfway yeah. through the season, how the team got fired? Yeah. Well, LeBron is, I don't know. To me, sometimes LeBron is a is stingy. Mm-hmm. Like he he wants to make championship teams wherever he goes, and you can't. It's got to be the right mix. And whatever he does off court, whatever people claim he does, there's a reason why people leave. There's a reason why people would say, "I'd rather not have a ring than be his baby." Hmm. Who Think about that? it. Which McCullough? Who went to Boston? What's his name? Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie said that. Kyrie could have stayed. That hurt my feelings. Kyrie. No? Ky- but I think Kyrie might want to go to LA now. After that Ooh. embarrassment against the Bucks. Yeah. That. But, how do you lose against the Bucks? Because the, well, the, the Bucks but, are the best record in the NBA. I don't NBA. care, man. But the it's Lakers the didn't Bucks. even make it to the playoffs. No, they didn't. Come on. So uh, it is the NBA Finals. We got mm-hmm. Toronto versus Golden State. It's Golden State's fifth in a row that they've gone. All right, so uh, but they I, only have four rings. No, they only have three. Three. They lost yeah. to Miami. No, yeah. no, they lost to Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, they lost to Cleveland. That's that's but they went five times. This, this, this is their this is their with fifth. this lineup. It'll be their fourth ring. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if they win. So, <laughs> I took a poll. Did you really say if? Yeah, I took a poll on our Facebook page, Kevin Sutton Show on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You want to take a guess at the percentages of who's going to win? Um, I I've got Golden State, and I say Golden State winning with um sixty eight percent. 
Wow, Myra. What? I was right. Two seventy. Yeah, it's pretty wow. yeah, it's pretty, Seventy thirty. Well, I was gonna say sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. Yeah, but uh, okay. So I guess the collective mind is that Golden State is gonna win. So what do you guys have them winning in? Four games, five games, six games, or seven? I have them winning in five games. I think Damn. they let Toronto have one game. Dang. What do you think, Kev? I don't think it's a sweep. Do you see how badly they destroyed but, Portland, though? They yeah, swept but, like, but, like, who's all going to be playing? That's the thing. Kevin right Durant, now. they don't even... Uh, the crazy thing is, Kevin, they don't even need Kevin... They never... Well, they never really needed they Kevin ne- Durant. No, let's, let's keep this clear. <laughs> Golden State never needed Kevin well, Durant. Well, come on. When they played LeBron, Kevin no, Durant definitely no, no, was needed. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't needed, but when you add Kevin Durant to the mixture... There was just no way to cover everyone on the court. No, they had too many weapons. It just made it when they played Golden. St- I mean, when they played LeBron. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. now that LeBron's out of the picture, Kevin Durant has that calf injury. Yeah. But he's played a few games, hasn't he? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. No, he, he hasn't, hasn't played since that injury. So he didn't play at all towards against Portland. No. Wow, I thought he was playing at least one no, game. No, they didn't need him. That's what. I said. <laughs> they because slept, there's no reason to, to make him. But, but, I think if the pressure got on there to throw him in the game. But, but he'd it, cramp up. There, I don't yeah. know. But there, but there was never any pressure. But let me ask you, lined up Portland and Toronto. That would have been a better series. But I mean, who who's a better team, Portland and Toronto? Toronto. Toronto still is better than Portland. Mm-hmm. So you don't. I think it's five games. Where are you guys at? I'm going to go completely against the grain. I'm going to say six. six I'm going to say, I, I it, Mara, it really it It'd really bothers me. Six. It really bothers me to say Golden State, so I'm not going to say Golden State. I'm going to say Toronto in seven. <laughs> Toronto in seven. Okay, mm-hmm. you're just delusional. Man, you're trying to do some Cinderella magical I, Disney. I, I can't. Mecca like a high, Mecca Hattie Ho. It's crazy. a whole new world. It's not that I hate the Pop team. Pop off Will it's Smith say, is now that, the genie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I hate Golden State. You have State. no more wishes with the genie. <laughs> I'm not, I rubbed enough out. <laughs> uh, wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I hate, I hate Golden State. You guys know. Then I, why can't you just give them the respect they do? Because the thing I, is, is you don't hate them. Like, no, so this, you can't go ahead, hate say them. your say your philosophy. But I've said though. this for years, though. Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's it's. I think it's better for the game when we have diversity. And this is like we just said. This is the fifth time in a row they're going. So I want to root for the other team, even though I don't have that much confidence. I'll be sending you a text message after game two. Oh, it's over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll never forget the year though when when Cleveland came back and you had was it Cleveland or Miami? It was Cleveland. Cleveland came back and you had already given up. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> that but, was uh, hilarious that we were able to talk about that. Yeah. So I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I have be, to. I have to. I have to believe. I have to believe. N- I believe. Yeah. I believe. You know, it didn't work for R. Kelly. No. Okay, so no. you're going to have to look. I'm sorry. You just can't match up that talent. Steph Curry is on fire. He just keeps having babies, too. Boom. And it makes him better. Oh, his little baby's so cute. Little chunk, chunky monkey. Chunky monkey. He's little, a little boy, little boy right? Yeah. So yeah. Little 10 He has two girls and a boy, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, as I was saying, he gave Wait. up on the girl. Now he's carrying the boy. Why he let the girl at home? <laughs> huh? He only brings a baby. Yeah. But anyways, I just as much as you can't say Golden State, you have to give respect where respect is. And Toronto, I remember they were in the final series with um, against Cleveland last year. Remember? And they got swept. They 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 did. And as much as they tried, they crack under pressure. And I don't think they did. Well, they didn't have the roadblock of LeBron. Yep. Yeah. But they've got Steph Curry. 
Because look, one thing you guys know, no matter how great LeBron is, he still couldn't bring L.A. to the finals. They there's, didn't get to show up to the dance. There's no one man. But he sells I, I himself I, I, I as his know, one like man. They, they did a little comparison talking about the lineup with the Lakers when Kobe did it, compared. But the thing is, everybody wasn't still, all the other teams weren't there the same way. You know, like you can't just say, well, look, look how Kobe did it. Kobe did it on his own. Like, I bet Kobe's yeah. sitting there saying, well, if it would have been me, he would have been, he would have made it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Because he's so arrogant like that. Go buy your go buy your wife another bracelet to keep cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Lord. Hey, I don't know, man. That's what I'll know Kobe for. How many rings does he have? Five. Yeah, he cheated on his wife. <laughs> and she sat there with him with that diamond, that four million dollar bracelet on oh her wrist. And, and it was and then wasn't one time it was like a ten thousand a ten hundred a ten million dollar ring or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. A canary yellow. How many rings you guys had again? Five. Yeah, yeah five. he's cheating on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Stay right there. When we get back, we will be talking. Because Kobe still cheats on his wife. Uh-huh. We got a little sad stuff to talk about. We got an interview with number five with uh, John Pollock from Post Wrestling. Talk about uh, Owen Hart's final day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll be right back. And before you go, remember Kobe. He cheated on his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it, Myra. Myra. Listening to the Kevin Sutton Show, your number one spot for sport entertainment. <laughs> what? This is a sports show? A sports show on ESPN? I've heard the show. It sounds like. Yes, sir. We're back in the action, man, with the Kevin Sutton Show on ESPN, all action, all the time. And we are doing a special segment on the Owen Hart family. And there's a lot of things that are going on. And we just want to dig down into it. And my man, Phil, said we got the best person that you can actually talk to to make this happen that has done it all. And so I always rely on my man, Phil, when it comes to wrestling stuff. And that's that's just what it is. Phil, Phil knows wrestling. And we all know that by now, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, this has been the the twentieth. I, I I can't I can't say anniversary, but it's been the twentieth year since the the passing of Owen Hart. And uh, I listened to a very very good documentary about Owen Hart's final day, and I had to have the guy come on the show who who did the documentary. I'm a big fan of his. This is uh. Let me welcome everyone. Let me welcome John Pollock from Post Wrestling to the show. Thank you so much. Welcome, John. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wow, I, I feel I feel like I'm there with all of you right now. Thank you so much. You for are, you are. You're here in spirit with us, and uh, and we're having a good time. And and John, if you don't mind, I'm going to kick this off with you. Um, I'm a very big supporter of women in wrestling. I loved when the whole Divas brand started, and then the Women's Champion. And I I'm an avid watcher. I like to see what the women are doing. I've been to Raw. Actually, Phil and I went to Raw this year. 
Mm-hmm. We had a good time. Okay. And I will say, I love, 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 love John Cena. Okay. So <laughs> I have a. I, so I John, let you, me apologize for anything that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> okay. First of all, so just to let you know, John, I'm a county commissioner here in Orange County, which is pretty, pretty enormous district here in Central Florida. And in my office, I have an autographed shirt and towel and his autographed hat. And underwear. No, no underwear. <laughs> and underwear. No underwear. Wow. No You've underwear. got all bases covered. Yes, I do. And I look at it, and it's it's in my office where it says never give up. And I'm always like, yeah, yeah, you can't see me. But that was one of the best things that happened when he came here was that he was here, which that doesn't happen a lot because obviously he's moved on in his professional career. But what I do want to ask you, John, is you've obviously established a career behind wrestling. What is your take? It's really changed a lot, I guess. We always talk about when we were kids in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. I think that I really got more involved in wrestling in the 90s, and that was when uh, The Rock mm-hmm. and Stone Cold. Yeah, all those were, guys. That was, you know, that was such a pivotal part. And then I've kind of come back with Cena, and I've come back with the women. I have a huge respect for the women. We've been out to NXT. We've, uh, we've you know. WrestleMania, all that stuff. WrestleMania, all of that stuff. So we've seen it, but you've really, you know, seen this and moved it and really made a career out of it. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that there's a lot of people like yourself that uh, you had a generation of new fans that came on in the late 90s when uh, the then WWF and WCW were kind of at their peak. And it was interesting because when the two started going head to head, the fear was, well, it's just going to cannibalize the wrestling audience because you're forcing them to choose what program to watch. And the complete opposite happened. So many new fans came into it and became fans of people like Steve Austin and The Rock and the, the WWE has been able to really ride a wave of fans into this next generation. And it's a lot of people that was their jumping on point. And now we're in this, this time period at the moment where I think that there are a lot of people like yourself that have focused on the WWE's uh, very much, uh, you know, promoting a lot of the female talent, such as Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. And while we haven't seen the, the the business necessarily go through the roof yet. I think it's one of those things where they have set the table now and coming off of this year's WrestleMania where the women were the featured match this year to go on last. What is that residual effect going to be six months from now, 18 months from now of creating a new fan base? Because this seems to be a, a number of performers, Ronda Rousey included that have gotten a lot of people's attention. And typically that's six to eight months behind when you start to see business numbers that reflect that that renewed interest right and i will tell you so when when i went to the match i hadn't gone to a match since like 96 when phil and i went to see um monday night raw and i could Mm -hmm. not believe the audience it was crazy right phil oh yeah of course it was just like the 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 power and the energy in the arena when we went was just phenomenal now i've kind of gotten a huge respect for the women because actually i feel like the women have kind of fell behind they have to work extra hard plus they've got to look like eye candy and they're you know and they're treated way worse than the men the way they have to get around their travel and i was a harsh critic on the whole saudi arabia thing what are your thoughts on that yeah uh, i think that that it's a real so for those not familiar, last year, the WWE announced this 10-year agreement with the, the General Sports Authority in Saudi Arabia, and it calls for yearly shows in Saudi Arabia. They did two last year. They're expected to do another two this year. 
and they're paid an, an enormous amount of money for these shows. Um, and for the WWE, it's, it was treated like this is found money for us. Like we get to go over there. We're going to make a ridiculous amount of money for one show. But what comes with that is a real ethical question that a lot of people have brought up to them. And this was ahead of the first show. And when people watched that first show, I think people understood like what this was. Like you saw very much um, a, a message that this this was largely propaganda that you were watching on this on this show. Like Cash this grab. is what this mm-hmm. this is. Well, this is what the government is paying for. They are not paying all this money just so they can bring professional wrestling to their fans. They are hiring this monstrous vehicle that is WWE to send their message to the world. And it became way more heavy in conflict when they they decided to go back in November, which is a month removed from the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Mm. And Mm. the company came under great scrutiny, not just from their fan base, that there's different levels of criticism that WWE will take. The fan base will be vocal, but largely it's when things hit sponsors and when things hit their stock price as well. And we saw their stock price uh, decline. You can't attribute all of it to that. But there were real signs of people uh, canceling their subscriptions with the WWE Network that said, I may be a fan of this product, but I'm not a fan of this particular deal and what the WWE is doing here uh, because this is a company that, on one side, they push a lot of their humanitarian efforts and the charities they're involved with. Right. But at the other end, like this comes mm-hmm. with a ton of conflict and criticism with it. Well, I tell you what, I was a big um, critic against them, and I get an opportunity to meet Stephanie McMahon in the next week. Oh, are you going to say something? I, I'm not going to like accost her, but I'm just going to ask her thoughts. You know, and I think it's a valid question. I'm sure she's had to answer it. She's a woman in, in wrestling, and she's she's running the women's division, so I think it's a valid question. Just what are your thoughts on how this happened? I mean, it was your daddy, but I know we've got other things to cover, but I appreciate your insight on this and, and we'll be watching it. I think we're going to see, will it really make an effort or do we become, you know, Fayweather fans where we just kind of look, look the other way when it's that time of year. And then we come <laughs> back when it's, when it's not. Now, John, yeah, uh, I, I think that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say that it, like, you're certainly uh, like not alone in that criticism. And I, I think that it really showed, um, I was really impressed, actually, with a lot of the media coverage and calling the WWE on this because it is not something that you can just sweep under the rug. And I think that really came to the forefront last November. So it's a a really big topic that I hope people continue to discuss. Now, I wish we had more time because we could talk about this literally for hours and hours and hours on end. But uh, the the main reason why I, I wanted you to come on the show today is because, you know, it is the 20th year since the passing of Owen Hart. And you did a phenomenal documentary uh, on his his last day. And there was so much information that I didn't know because I was a small child at the time at, uh, in 1999. And, and John, let me ask you a question. Is it OK if I play uh, the first 15 seconds of Jim Ross um, saying what happened? before we get started oh, yeah, is yeah, that okay absolutely. okay here so sure. for, for all the fans that are listening this is literally the first uh the first cue of, of, of jim ross explaining what actually happened i remember coming back kevin dunn our executive producer told me jr we're coming back to you guys and you need to let everybody know the update on owen and i said uh i don't know what the update is nobody's told me so in the chaos the folks in the back that were supposed to tell me at the gorilla position what was going on was off the headset doing other stuff, which I understand, but we didn't have the information. So he told me, he said, well, he's dead and you're back in 10, nine. All right. 
That's, you can't just go, <laughs> all right. Like, John, I, I will say this. Like, listening to, uh, I'm, I'm not a huge wrestling fan of the era of now. I am, I am a closet wrestling fan from the 80s and 90s era of wrestling. So all the old school wrestlers have my heart. Things have changed over the years. It became a little bit too much glitz and glory, and it, it felt like a hip-hop era. And um, But listening to Jim Ross speak about that moment, he's a great storyteller, and it reminds you of like what wrestling truly is about. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's about telling a story. And I think sometimes we, we get lost in the, the glamour of today, like the era, like with the, the wrestlers having the opportunity to have their own personal Facebook pages and, and they do their posts here and there and everybody's doing their own individual things. And, and we watch them on the, you know, the reality shows and all this different stuff. We get a little bit too much involved in who they are. And it kind of it's like, you know, Santa Claus goes to the beach and, you know, Santa Claus, you know, has to use the bathroom and, you know, Kevin, I don't know what you're talking about. You get, listen to what I'm saying. Like wrestlers at in the olden days. You're talking about kayfabe. We're keeping kayfabe real. And yeah. Now everyone knows they peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Now you're talking about. We, we have too much visual. Yeah, you know, I, it, it, too it, much it, Christmas. It's, it, it takes away from that, that glory of these wrestlers being like Santa Claus. Yeah. You know, and I think there's a, there's a change that happens in us all as we, we, we go from, children to middle age to adults Mm -hmm. and then having our own kids that does draw you back in when your kids bring that new energy into wanting to be a part of wrestling um and that part right there is where i think it was a staple in all of us where that impact changed wrestling um and i don't know how you've seen that over the years but there was more talk about how could they go on with the show and, yeah, and I think that that changed the the outlook of the whole family. Yeah how how why how did they even consider um, continuing on with the event? Because in the in the documentary, I forgot who said it was, but uh, they were talking about this is this is a crime scene. This could potentially be a crime scene. So, what was what was their reasoning for continuing the show, John? I mean, it's it's something that I feel the WWF opted to continue. This is a live pay-per-view for those who are not familiar with it. This has happened. And I mean, it's something that it's, it's still instilled in a lot of professional wrestling promotions is that the show must go on. Uh, my argument to that would have been that this is no longer a decision that is in the WWF hands. A man has just fallen 78 feet from the rafters and he is on his way to the hospital where he would be pronounced dead 33 minutes after this fall this is no longer a jurisdiction of the WWF. They are now out of the picture. And this, this is a, a potential crime scene. And to me, it was something that the decision should have been placed and the authorities take over control of Kemper Arena at that point and yeah. announce to the audience, we're sorry that a tragedy has occurred here and you all have to leave now. But instead, the pay-per-view went on for another two hours and those inside the arena had no idea. They never got the announcement that Owen Hart had passed away that night. So it's something that I think you do give some leeway to this company that there, there's no way to prepare for something like this. I think if that were to happen today, it would be handled vastly different than it was 20 years ago. Unless it's but Silver it's, King. It's something that I, I can't imagine being a performer that had to go out there after witnessing this and, and everyone concerned about Owen Hart and still having to go out and compete that night. 
Yeah, and that that made me scratch uh, scratch my head too when it was said that the people in the arena weren't notified. It, and uh, do you think it's because they would they would have rioted or something, or, or just that it would have kind of sucked all the air out of the room? I think there was the concern that it was going to put a damper on the show to make that announcement. Um, I, I can't really buy the idea that you know hearing the announcement that that someone has passed away that that would have led to a violent reaction from mm. this fan base. I think it would have been one of utter uh, shock and somberness and. Um, you know, everything is, you know, hindsight is, is twenty twenty on that call, but it's the pay-per-view audience at home is aware of this, but I, I can't imagine for that fan base of what they had witnessed and then getting home that night, you know, this is where people are, are not on their phones with connections to what is happening in the news and then finding out that I witnessed the fatality that night that those fans had to go home and, and learn. Yeah, John, I, I, I was sitting there and like, you know, I, I remember this as, as a young adult. I mean, I was in my teens when that, this all happened. Um, but, like, going through it all and now reading back to the story and listening to the podcast, I'm like, how is it there's nothing of this? There's no videos. There's nothing anywhere. And I was like, you something's wrong. That, and then I literally <laughs> went back and I looked up. It was the Nokia 3210 was newly released in 1999. With built-in games was what had everybody going crazy. The snake game, right? It was the first uh, (laughs) cell phone device with the built-in game system. And then it was actually the first time to actually have picture messaging. But it was all like Game Boy graphics. Yeah. But, like, you could literally send a picture, and it looked horrible. Yeah. But this was the era of technology that we were in. Yeah. So there was no one. No cell phones. There was no cell phones and documenting. I mean, there was there was nothing that was going to happen at that time where, where everybody knows. And like you were saying, like, you know, the people in the audience literally sat there, thought it was part of the show, went home. Yeah. Sat on the couch. And then found out. Maybe went to sleep, woke up the next day, and like, oh, he's dead? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that... That right there um, kind of tarnishes where you're at. Like, you know, hey, I sat there at that whole entire show cheering and yelling and screaming and hollering. And the whole time, one of my heroes is dying in the hospital. Yeah. Now, now, John, I'm going to yeah, piggy- you- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm going to piggyback off what Kevin said. And I know you're, you're good friends with Jimmy Corderas, and he was there, the referee in the ring at the time. And he he was almost involved in the tragedy as well. Have uh, Has any of them actually been able to see the footage? Because it's never been released, but I know they have it. Has anybody ever seen the footage? Well, I know that like they did have um, a camera operator there that was following Owen on the WWF side as he was being tended to. And they eventually, I believe made him stop in the back, but there was someone I, 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 to the best of my knowledge, Jimmy has, has never seen any, anything uh, like that. I mean, if you listen to the documentary, it's something that is still very much haunting to Jimmy Corderas, who was inside of the ring preparing yeah. for the match when the fall occurred. And thankfully it was, you know, not, uh, part of this tragedy as well. And I mean, he has not even gone back to watch the tribute show from the night after. It's mm. something that uh, you never fully put something like that uh, behind you, obviously. So um, Jimmy like really gives um, a perspective of someone uh, right in the middle of it. And it was, you know, he was very open about the, the very painful and graphic details. 
I think the the biggest part of the documentary that you have is the is the interview with um, Trey, and how yeah. how did you get a hold of this guy? Because I had no clue this man even existed. And when you told me what he he did, you know, he was an autograph hunter, all that stuff. That yeah. blew that blew my mind. That Owen Hart's literally spent his final hours with this guy. Yeah. How did you how did you get a chance to 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 find? First of all, how did you even know Trey Lindstrom even existed? And then second of all, how did you get a chance to interview him? Well, he would have been a name that I would have never known, but Martha Hart wrote a book about this uh, in 2002. It's called Broken Hearts. And it, it's a really, if you want to look deeper into the case, um, I really recommend that book. But in, the, in it, she just randomly mentions uh, this, this fan and happened to name him that drove Owen to the arena that day. And in doing my research for this documentary, I saw that name and I thought that's kind of interesting that this person... Um, was with Owen in the morning, presumably just driving him to the arena. And I was able to track him down. And it, it wasn't all that easy, but I did finally get a hold of him. And we had, it, this is a interesting story that we had lined up an interview. I was, I was like right at the end of my interview process and I was ready to like just cut off my interviews and then start the editing process. So on the Friday, I set up an interview for him and the time just came and went. He was it just, never never called and then got back to me we rescheduled the interview for that weekend second time time came and went and there was no sign of trey and at that point i'm ready to kind of write this off it's like Mm. i've got my interviews and i'm thinking in the back of my head that you know it's it would be really interesting to talk to this guy because he was with owen that day but i'm also thinking like you know he he was in a car ride for him from the airport to the arena how much am i really going to get here we ended up it just was pure luck. We finally got on the phone together and it ends up, this guy was with Owen the entire day and Owen was very open with him about his concerns about this stunt. That's crazy. And his, uh, Trey's recollection was just, um, it, it was really something that he clearly has gone back and reflected on this day quite a lot. And, you know, was, was privy to a lot of information um, in Owen's final hours. And so the craziest ended up, part, I got the interview. The craziest part about it is that no one else had that moment of interaction where, you know, Owen Hart saw the, the, the rigging and he was like, man, this looks shady. I don't really like what's going on here. I don't feel comfortable. But that that whole, you know, if you want your job, this is what you're going to do. And then walking out and say, hey, man, you want to go get some drinks? You want to get something to eat? And literally taking a fan. And yeah. I mean, superstars aren't doing that nowadays at all. Uh, but to do that with somebody, uh, but during the moment of distress. So I'm sure like, you know, if you, if you had a bad day at work and one of your friends came by the house and you got in the car with them, you're going to talk about everything that pisses you off about work because it's right at that moment. And I think he got way more than an average just interview or somebody or a family member or even one of his brothers would have gotten mm-hmm. because it was just at that heated moment. And I, it, it just kind of changed the perspective of it all. Like this is it. I understand it's about money. And it, there was something you said, John, you were like business numbers reflect uh, the need. And um, that, that makes you look at this whole thing. Cause it was about saving money. 
Uh, the the company that said they were going to do the rigging for five thousand uh, dollars, yeah, yeah. like oh, we got to save this money, and then the guy's like, well, you know what? I've done stuff for all these different companies, and uh, no one researched this, no one double checked, no yeah. one vetted this guy, whatever. Like, I mean, you're literally going to put somebody's life dangling on the line, and it was all for a dollar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not yeah. buying, nope. I'm not buying a used harness. For to, to you know re, redo a skyscraper, it ain't gonna happen. I'll buy a brand new one, and it won't be from Amazon. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna make sure I, it's from the companies that make the harness so that I can talk to them. Like I'm dangling off of this building right now. So, mm. and I think that that's a conclusion so many come to is just that you know there's there's sadly there, there's been a lot of tragedies in professional wrestling and some that have happened in the ring that as tragic as they are, you do understand that these are athletes that are performing high-risk stunts at times inside of the ring, which you understand a certain level of what you do sign up for in professional wrestling, that a suplex can be off by just so much that you can land badly on your neck, or that there can be a maneuver that goes wrong, and someone could be hurt very badly, and sadly that has occurred. This, though, this is not what professional wrestlers sign up for, and in the, the change in like uh, the technology that they wanted to use to switch to what they ended up using that night, which is a quick release snap shackle. It was just to shave off a couple of seconds so that it's a quicker release for Owen so that there isn't this, uh, this delay as he's releasing himself. And it just was so far removed from what a professional wrestler should be asked to have to uh, assume because there's enough risk with this job without people having to be, repelling from ceilings and having to deal with things that, you know, if this guy was nervous about it, should probably not have been in that position. And I think that's the frustrating part for so many is that this was a needless risk that would not have left any kind of impression on people beyond that night. And instead, sadly, a man lost his life who had two young children and a wife. Yeah. Wow. Do you think now, because of what has happened it won't happen again, you know, just because how this all went down and how the family had to deal with it and, and so forth, because it is a tragedy in the end for the sake of entertainment. And, um, do you yeah, th- I mean, the actual stunt itself, um, the, the WWE has never done this stunt since. And I don't think you'll ever see the WWE do this ever again, because it would just be uh, so tasteless. Um, that said, we do watch and sometimes take for granted what these performers have to do when there's, you know, guys that are jumping off from extraordinary heights off the top of a hell in a cell. And we kind of marvel at these, you know, visual stunts and sometimes forget that these are not, not just humans, but also these are not trained professional stuntmen. And there is still an enormous risk factor. And the fact that sometimes guys are called upon to do things and women too. And we, we don't even kind of question the fact that if this were on a controlled, movie set this would be something that would be rehearsed for days on end mm-hmm. and it would have so many precautions and these guys have put out there largely uh, without a net to get it done in front of a live audience with one take and it's asking a lot of these performers that are professional wrestlers by trade but that, that, that does not necessarily go into this this other field that is professional stunt work and i think that there still is some of that risk factor yeah, and I think the women are being pushed more and more each day too. They had the the ladder, ladder, help, uh, the money in the bank. They're just money, the, money, the the money in the bank. That that's intimidating. So yeah. I don't know. You know, it's just it is it is the business right now. 
Yeah. I, I will say, like, getting slammed, we went to a, um, wrestling, dinner, yeah. a, a wrestling dinner theater, which was really cool. It's kind of like medieval times meets the WWE, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was really cool. You get to eat and watch a wrestling match, but, like, five-course dinner. So, like, it was really awesome. But uh, after the show was over, they took us backstage, and I... I got suplex. Um, and it hurt. And, and, and they were like, oh, the ring is made to spring back and all this stuff. And they're like, this is the technology that we use. It was like, it was nothing like this back in the days. And now it's like, you know, it's hydraulics and all different. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And literally, I felt that for like three days. My whole entire, my whole entire life said, why did you do this? <laughs> but I've never been suplex like that before. Like, I mean, yeah. you had, the opportunity was there. I took it. But, I mean, imagine doing that from 15 feet 15 feet up off the top of a ladder, yeah. and we're just going to make this happen. And it sounds great, but it sounds like backyard wrestling, just you're getting a bigger damn check. Yeah. Now, John, uh, I know we don't have a, a lot of time with you. Uh, I do want to thank you so, so, so much uh, for coming on. And hopefully uh, this relationship with us continues in the future and we can have you on and talk about a whole bunch of wrestling stuff. But before I do let you go, uh, please, please plug uh, Post Wrestling. Let everyone know uh, where, to, where to download your show, your, um, your uh, Patreon, all that. Uh, well, thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, it was great to chat with all of you. Yeah, you can go check out postwrestling.com. Uh, I run the site along with uh, my business partner, Wei Ting, and we launched the site in 2017, and we've been uh, covering this for about 15 years uh, prior. So you can go check out the audio documentary there, uh, postwrestling.com, and uh, this is a listener-supported uh, project that we run. So if you want to support us, you can go to... Uh, postwrestlingcafe.com that's our Patreon and starting this week we're going to be releasing the entire interviews that we did oh. for this documentary in full oh snap so starting Monday um, yeah Jimmy Corderas will be the first one up on Monday so that's uh, postwrestlingcafe.com you can sign up and yeah there's going to be all the full interviews up there oh my god wow and uh, before I do let you go uh, what did you think of Double or Nothing was it, was it a, a thumbs up thumbs down uh, it was a definite thumbs up show. I thought that, that you know, there's uh, things they can improve upon with, uh, you know, production issues, uh, minor issues. But uh, I thought overall for what it was setting out to achieve, which was to really uh, galvanize a fan base that is looking for an alternative. I don't think they could have done a better job. They really had uh, a lot of momentum coming out of that show. And I think that it, it was all the energy you wanted to come out of that show where people are really invigorated by all elite wrestling. And I thought it was an excellent show. Wow, John. Appreciate it, brother. Much love. Hey, this was the Kevin Sutton Show. All action, all the time. Always in your face. And I'm telling my man, John, bust us across the head, brother. And it put us to the bottom of the ring. And it put the chair over our back. And we don't know what to do with it. But I got my tidy whities on. My tank top and flip-flops, brother. And woo! Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. KevinSuttonShow.com! Thanks, John.